Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Liberty Update with Jake and Bree. This is where we bring you your need-to-know news, need-to-know headlines from an Article 5 perspective. As we head into the week of 4th of July, go to conventionofstates.com and follow us on social media so you can stay up to date on all we're doing to celebrate our amazing nation and 247 years of independence. On today's show, we have breaking news that the Supreme Court has ruled against affirmative action, a federal judge blocked state bans on transgender procedures. According to President Biden, Putin is not fighting a war in Ukraine, but in Iraq. And lastly, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy threatened Merrick Garland with impeachment after shocking allegations from an IRS whistleblower. All of that right here on the Liberty Update. Thank you guys for joining us. The Supreme Court has shut down affirmative action in a major blow to some of America's most prestigious universities. The nation's highest court ruled on Thursday that admissions are not allowed to legally be based on an applicant's race, as Harvard and the University of North Carolina argued. The court ruled that using race as a factor in college admissions violates the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. While some colleges have reasoned that race-based admissions ensures diversity, opponents have said it discriminates against qualified students based on the color of their skin. A student activist group called Students for Fair Admissions brought the two cases against Harvard and the University of North Carolina. Until this week's decision, lower courts had ruled in favor of both of these universities. Complaints against Harvard alleged the admissions process harmed Asian American students. In a recent example, an Asian American student with an outstanding 4.65 high school GPA and a near-perfect SAT score was denied from all Ivy League schools that he applied to. As recent Pew data shows, half of U.S. adults say they disapprove of selective colleges and universities taking prospective students' racial and ethnic backgrounds into account when making admissions decisions. Keep an eye out on Friday for the Supreme Court's final rulings of this session. We're expecting to get a decision on Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, which was executed solely through an executive order. And while we have this good news from the Supreme Court, unfortunately, we have some bad news from federal judges in Tennessee and Kentucky, who on Wednesday blocked state laws restricting so-called gender-affirming care for children, placing temporary injunctions against bans on receiving life-altering cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. U.S. District Judge Eli Richardson, who halted the state ban in Tennessee, suggested that the law had been passed unconstitutionally, but the Tennessee legislature fired back defending the constitutionality of the ban. I'm extremely disappointed with this ruling, said the bill's Senate sponsor Jack Johnson. I have complete faith that the legislation we passed is constitutional. This is a critical part of our efforts to protect Tennessee children, and we are going to continue to fight to protect these kids from permanent, irreversible mutilation of their bodies. In Kentucky, Attorney General Daniel Cameron called the pause on the ban a misguided decision that tramples the rights of the General Assembly to make public policy. I will always fight the radical idea that risky drugs and life-altering surgical mutilations should be tools to put gender-confused children on an inevitable path toward a life of gender dysphoria, he said on Twitter. 
There is nothing affirming about this dangerous approach to mental health, and my office will continue to do everything in our power to defend this law passed by our elected representatives. Ultimately, this is more than just an attack on the legislative process. It is an attack on our children. Any federal authority that stands in the way of our ability to protect our kids has unquestionably overstepped its bounds. President Biden confirmed this week that Putin is losing the war. In Iraq, that is. According to America's commander-in-chief, Russia is fighting Iraq, despite what the nation and the rest of the world thinks. In case you missed it, listen to what he told reporters outside the White House. It's hard to tell, but he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home. Biden's latest gaffe comes just one week after he announced plans to build a railroad across the Pacific Ocean. Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. We have plans to build in, 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 in Angola, one of the largest solar plants in the world. I can go on, but I'm not. I'm going off script. I'm going to get in trouble. The president's physical and mental health has increasingly become a focal point as he plans to run for a second term. As Tucker Carlson asserted in his latest episode on Twitter this week, aging is unavoidable and it can be fast once it takes hold. But actually they should be a little worried. The people who control Joe Biden, Susan Rice and the rest know they can continue to run our government, writing the press releases, formulating the policies, and they can do it effectively forever, as long as Joe Biden gets dressed in the morning. And of course, that's their strong preference. These are fervent opponents of change. But the one thing these people cannot control is aging. Joe Biden is old. He's 80 now. He'll be 85 at the end of the next term. People imagine that old age is a long, predictable progression from acuity to permanent unconsciousness. But often that's not at all how it actually works. When old people start to slide, they tend to slide fast. Joe Biden has begun that descent. If the people working in our government truly cared for America's future, they would call on Biden to step down. But they haven't. And the meaning is conveyed quite clearly to the American people. It's not about bettering America, it's about bettering their own interests. Self-interested politicians have gotten us to where our nation stands today, and we are in desperate need of servant leadership. Convention of States is not just pushing back against the Washington bureaucracy, we are also raising up a grassroots army full of servant leaders. And for our last story of the day, we return once again to Washington, D.C., where over the weekend, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy threatened Attorney General Merrick Garland with impeachment after a whistleblower alleged that Garland had interfered in the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. Last week, House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith released whistleblower testimonies accusing the Justice Department of blocking critical information in the Hunter Biden investigation and ultimately blocking charges against the president's son. Smith also uncovered a damning WhatsApp message in which Joe Biden and Hunter purportedly coerced a Chinese businessman. The message quickly gained notoriety in light of Biden's 2020 campaign promise that he had not been involved in any of his son's business deals. The White House repeatedly refused to answer questions about the scandal when both John Kirby and the press secretary were asked about the message. They flatly refused to answer. 
Speaker McCarthy, however, responded by suggesting that an impeachment inquiry into Garland may be in order if the testimonies are confirmed. If the whistleblower's allegations are true, this will be a significant part of a larger impeachment inquiry into Merrick Garland's weaponization of the DOJ, he tweeted, citing evidence that the claims are, quote, easily corroborated. Breaking reports now suggest that Merrick Garland will appear before the House Judiciary Committee in September, facing many of his toughest critics, some of whom have called for his impeachment. Even as Congress looks into these explosive allegations, concerns over a weaponized Department of Justice remain a serious issue for the American people. The only political solution to fixing our two-tiered justice system is through an Article 5 convention, which the American people can call through their state legislatures. To urge your legislator to support this important constitutional solution, go to conventionofstates.com and sign the petition today. As we wrap up today's episode of the Liberty Update, we want to wish everyone a happy 4th of July, and we also want to inform you of a new movie hitting theaters next week called Sound of Freedom. It's based on the true story of Tim Ballard, a former federal agent who quit his job in order to devote his life to rescuing children from global sex traffickers, a cruel system that goes largely unnoticed. The goal is to inspire 2 million people to attend the film's opening weekend to represent the 2 million trafficked children around the world. You can support the fight against child trafficking by going to see this movie with your friends and family. Go to angel.com CLS to find showtimes near you. God bless and happy Independence Day.